Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, dude, dude we're here. We're back. How you doing, man? You're What's lighter. Uh, I'm lighter? Yes, I am yeah, lighter. You lost I, some weight. I lost probably a pound or two uh, in a way that, like, you know, it's efficient. I didn't need to start working out. Uh, I didn't need to like change my diet. Nothing crazy. Um, just had a surgery <laughs> and they removed a lump off. of fat. Very exciting. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it though. Like if you're trying to lose a little bit of weight, consider exercise, diet, better sleep, more water, stuff like that. Don't, don't go the surgery route to, uh, lose weight if you can avoid it. Yeah. What you, what you don't know about Andrew is Andrew was born with three arms uh, not that arm. It's an arm that was <laughs> on his back and he finally got it removed. It was just too much yeah. for him. Yeah. Well, just like, it just, my, that the fingers back there kept, it was hard to clip the nails on that arm and they yeah. kept well, causing wasn't like, like holes in my shirts, you know? Yeah. You couldn't like control it, but like it controlled right. itself kind of thing. Just kind of grabbing. Your wife had enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just kept trying to slap his wife and he's just like, oh, I gotta get rid of this thing. It's got a mind of its own. So yeah, he cut it off. Yeah, but man, he's gonna time. he's gonna get it, it stuffed time. and mounted to his wall mm-hmm. as yep. a reminder of God's faithfulness, like his chicken. That's right. That's right. I Just told like someone your chicken. chicken story recently. Yeah, yeah. And I guess What'd it wasn't think? clear when yeah. I when I was explaining the chicken, and they thought the chicken mm-hmm. was real. <laughs> I was like, so he had a real chicken on his desk. I was like, no, what? Yeah, no. He didn't so have a chicken just, on his desk. I, I keep a live chicken at all times on my desk. No, it's a picture. It's a wood burn, like a piece of wood that I in, I used a wood burner and engraved a chicken on um, as a reminder. And it's pretty cool. It's one of the most artistic things I've done in a long time. So I feel good about it. Um, That's good. I feel good about it, dude. Speaking of yeah, chickens. Dude, yeah. We have a mutual friend. I'll tell you off air who this friend is, but we have a mutual friend that got chickens recently. I don't know. It was yes. in the last like six months. Uh-huh. Uh, moved them outside. Well, her mother-in-law is leaving town or something and needs someone to take care of the chickens. So they brought their chickens over as well. They have oh. 40 chickens right now on their property. 40 chickens? Dude, right? that That's is like amazing. A, that is That's production. nuts. That is a production. Right now, we have 31 chickens. That's a lot. But but uh, 23 of those are very small. They're growing rapidly. They're like, you know, like quarter-sized chickens them? right now. Uh, end of September. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, why, that's why 13 of them are going to be joining our freezer. Uh, September, late or early October, around that time frame. Are you so, gonna kill them in front of the other chickens just to like put the fear of God in them, or are you gonna like take them off somewhere and take care of them? No, no, no. I'll take them off somewhere. They're actually gonna have their own home. Uh, my my dad and mom are coming next weekend, and my dad's gonna help me build this thing called a chicken tractor, which sounds really complicated, but it's actually just like a movable home for chickens so the idea is like they free range but they never actually leave their enclosure but it's like a fairly big enclosure plenty good but you can move it around and they have like a place to sleep in there you can move it around so that um you know they're like getting fresh grass and bugs and all that all the time but not like totally destroying your yard so 
Anyway, dude, we're going to try that. And I just felt like keeping the meat birds separate from the laying hens was a good call. So we don't get like weirdly attached or anything like that. And so it's easy to tell them apart. So yeah, man. Yeah. Meat birds are going in their own spot. And like she's way beyond her, you know, produce good meat phase. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sorry. Totally. And then you have to explain to your daughter, you're like, no, that's that's the same Sally chicken. I know she looks different, but that's Sally. She changed. Yeah. Dude, I did not actually kill her. Goofy would be the most noticeable Goofy. if she disappeared because she's a blue chicken, but her feathers are like nearly white. So she's like a very light blue chicken. And if Goofy disappeared, there would be questions. And I would not be able to convince our girls otherwise. So <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Good old chicken Goofy. drama. What's uh what other than me getting a surgery and, and all the chicken stuff, what's up in your world, dude? How you doing? What's uh any big weekend plans? I know this is a Friday. You're listening on a Monday or after, but today's Friday. That's true. Any big plans? <clears throat> that is true. What's up? Uh handful of things going on, but nothing big. Going to the zoo on Sunday to celebrate a friend's birthday. Sweet. Um, but that's that's about it. Uh, is that your friend who's a uh, chimpanzee um, that yes, you spend a lot yeah, of time my with? Chim's, my chimpanzee friend named Bill. That's what he goes by. Uh, yeah, we're going to go hang out for the for the day. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go try to... Sneak. I'm trying... I'm try- yeah, I've been trying to get him to be like friendlier uh, with his... Right cage next door mates they're lions but i feel like yeah you know i feel like they should be able to be good friends and he just doesn't want well, to do it well dude if, if you had lost a finger like bill did by sticking it through the lion cage like i think i would be hesitant too you know i'd be like i yeah, don't but that was his own fault yeah. i feel like he's <laughs> he's holding on to his trauma and not dealing with it <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm probably taking this joke too far for those. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is about a chimpanzee, not a person. And, uh, it's true. and it's also funny to think about you going to the zoo to spend a, fr- a day with your friend, but is actually just a monkey. Um, yeah, we just hang out. <laughs> yeah. You just spend well, time. He can't go anywhere. He has to be yeah. my friend. Like, right. You know, kind of captive so big, audience. So. Yeah. 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 That's right. This is the best kind of audience. That's right. <laughs> Dude, what yeah. uh, what's this series that we're bringing to a close? Bro, we're on episode seven, and I still couldn't tell you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, as you know, Josh, and hopefully as all our loyal and dedicated listeners know, we've been working through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, and we've done that in the last like nearly two months. Um, and we started with like the the stuff that leads up to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. It's really like the posture of how to pray, which Jesus in the nutshell is like, don't stand in front of people and make your prayers like great for other people to hear, but pray to God who is in heaven, go in your room, lock the door, do it that way, you know, and God who sees what is done uh, in secret will, will reward you for it. So then we spent multiple weeks on the six weeks actually covering the Lord's Prayer slowly. Um, and today is is our last one. It's uh, it's the last line of the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew, I think Matthew 5. Uh, it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, temptation and the evil one. And God's protection and those things. Uh, what... 
What comes to mind, I don't know if you want to read the whole thing, um, but what comes to mind in some of your first thoughts on like why Jesus would teach us to pray this way and to close our prayers with focus on temptation and protection from things that Satan might want to do in our lives? Yeah, uh, I think it's natural in terms of like, hey, let's talk about forgiveness and talk about asking for forgiveness and repentance into, hey, God, now that I've been forgiven, um, like, don't let me go back to those places. Um, This is a hard one because we know that God doesn't necessarily lead us to sin, um, Mm -hmm. but we do know that life is full of trials and life is difficult. And I think reading these together is, is super helpful because, you know, this idea of delivering us from the evil one, um, something I've been noticing more and more often these days is just how good the enemy is at lying to us and mm-hmm. just how dumb we are in terms of believing those lies. Yeah. Um, even when we know, right, they're in direct violation of what God has already said. Um, they're in direct violation of, of his truth. Um, but like it was just enough truth that I was like, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> then, you, mm. then you wonder why you throw yourself. So I think that's probably the big one of this whole conversation is um, like, how do we combat the lies in our lives? Like lead us not to temptation. What does that look like for God to do for us um, in terms of helping us understand and helping us identify? And um, when the enemy speaks, what do we do um, when we've identified the lie um, as a lie? And then, you know, how do we stay in tune or in line with, with, you know, who God's calling us to be in the midst of all that? Um, I think those are my biggest things. And like, it's crazy that there's lies that we've believed for decades. If you, if you lived on the earth long enough and you just always assumed, um, it could be a piece of, you know, God's character. You just assume that that's how God is. Um, like, um, I always think of like um, God being a vengeful um, God, just ready to smite you. Um, and mm-hmm. that comes from my upbringing and, and you know, the churches that we were a part of at the time. Um, and yet that's, that's not who God is. God is love and God is compassion. Um, I'm trying to remember. I read something today in my time with Jesus. Let me find it. It would be in Luke because that's the book that I'm in. Mm. Uh, it's a good book. It is a good book. It's a parable of a lost son, uh, Luke 15. Um, but I just reminded this, this is Luke 15 chapter or verse 20. Um, the end of the, towards the end of the story. Um, he says, so he returned home to his father. This is the younger son, the prodigal son. Um, and while he was still long ways off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. Uh, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him filled with love and compassion. Right? Our God is a loving and compassionate God. And he's also a just God. We talked through that last series. If you didn't have an opportunity to listen to it and he's going to allow you to make the decisions that you want to make in this life. Um, and you'll have to live with the repercussions of those decisions. But, um, especially for eternity, if you choose not to follow, um, but at the same time, at, at the core of who he is, it's, it's love and compassion. He wants you to experience life with him. He wants to walk with you. He wants um, to give good gifts to those who love him. He wants to um, provide. He wants to be the place of wisdom um, mm-hmm. when when we need wisdom. He wants to guide and direct us so we can experience this life to the full. Right? He wants to be all these things for us, and it's our choice. And I think that's the mindset here that that Jesus is trying to set up is it's your choice. 
right? You have this opportunity um, to walk with me and, and to walk in, um, in impact and walk in goodness and walk in fulfillment and walk in peace and all these different aspects of that we receive as, as we walk with God. Um, but we so often fall into the lies of the enemy and walk a different direction or we get stuck in that place. And I think that's the big thing of, of these lies that, that are constantly around us and hard to identify mm-hmm. sometimes because they just have enough truth in them. Um, and yeah. so many of these lies we don't ever actually say out loud. Um, mm. We don't even realize at times we believe them. Um, and this is why community ends up being so important for us. Cause when we go to say them, someone in the community goes, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not how that works. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and now we can start the journey to find freedom from them. So I think that's the heart behind what Jesus is trying to say is like the enemy's on the prowl. He's, he's going to destroy mm-hmm. and he's going to cause harm. And, um, we have to be paying attention to these things and lead us not to these places. Uh, yeah. is the prayer of like, God, let me, let me learn how to walk with you and stay in tune with you because trials are coming, right? It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. The human condition trials do are brought by God as well. Um, mm-hmm. because those are things that persevere us. Those are things that build these things in us. Um, we don't want to lose out on them, but yeah, man, that's good. That's good. Sorry, and, just saw your yeah, the, message or your text. No, no, it's all good. That was more. That was more for me uh, as like a, a reference for a few minutes. Um, yeah, this this idea of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Like you said, this is right after asking God for forgiveness and demonstrating forgiveness to those around us. So, in the order of the prayer, it it makes sense, you know. Um, but it is interesting, uh, like in church life, people either tend to, to really emphasize spiritual warfare a lot uh, or not talk about it that much in my experience. So it's like, um, it's interesting because Jesus is talking about like, God, like lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, you know? And, and this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is like, it's short, man. I don't know how many words, but 50, 60, something like that total. It's like a few lines, a few sentences. It's not huge. Like, there's a, there's a huge number of things Jesus could have told us to pray about and pray for and focus on to, into. Um, but he gave just a few, you know, throughout this. And, and the fact that he mentions, like, the enemy at the end like there there are there satan is real and is is here to tempt us and test us and try to push us um against god's will that's his desire you know satan wants us to to succumb to his will and desire the things he desires rather than god Mm -hmm. you know he wants to be in that that place in our lives and minds and actions rather than god um in fact jesus is like hey like don't forget there's an evil one. Like, don't forget mm-hmm. that. And and you need God's help to intervene in your life against the things he's going to try to tempt you with and the things that he's going to try to lead you into um, as sin. And like you said, a lot of the time when we're dealing with temptation, it's usually, uh, and temptation to sin is what I mean, not to like eat an extra piece of chocolate cake. Like we're talking about uh, doing things that are the opposite of God's will in our life and in this context. Um, 
maybe chocolate cake's that for you if you're listening. I don't know. Just came to light as like a very light uh, example. It's not not necessarily the the super small stuff of like, oh, I just want to have that extra bite. But the the big thing of like, I know this is not God's will in my life, and I'm going to choose to do this. You know, this is sin. Um, man, like the like you and I have walked alongside a lot of um, especially young men uh, in youth ministry. And one thing that's like so prevalent is, is like, you know, with phones and screens and the internet, um, especially for believers and especially for young people, like porn is a crazy temptation that is literally just clicks away all the time. And, and like our society, our culture is so overtly sexual that like those those things are in your face all the time if you're not careful about it and one verse that uh i remember like really teaching a lot of times throughout college and in in ministry with high schoolers um is out of first corinthians 10 uh 10 13 says that no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Um, and like part of this, I think, is is a just really good truth to know and understand. Like the things that we're tempted with in our lives, they might feel hyper-personal. The lies that the enemy is trying to tell Josh or Andrew or whoever you are that's listening— like those those temptations are hyper personal because there's an enemy of God who's trying to get you to succumb to his will, not God's will. But the Bible teaches us like the things that we're tempted with are common things, you know, common to all of mankind. They're not they're not new, they're not truly uh a thing that only Josh has ever been tempted with, or only Andrew, or only whoever you are, like we are in this thing together. We have a shared enemy and a shared God. Um, and like, it's good to know you're not the only one being tempted by a thing. And last thing I'll say about, uh, porn, especially just cause it's so prevalent, um, is that every high school guy who is being tempted to look at porn and tempted to think about things they shouldn't and focus on things they shouldn't, um, they, they go through this long period of feeling like huge shame about it and also feeling like I must be the only one. Um, and it's really powerful to let people know you're not the only one. <laughs> like you, this is not the first time this temptation has come about. It's not the first time that the enemy has used this thing against people like you. And in fact, if you go around the room, Probably every person has been in that same boat uh, to a different degree or same degree, or they are right now, you know, and it's not like, hey, let's just all be fine with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we all want to, we all need to be like living in God's will and not not living it and hanging out in the areas where Satan wants us to be because they're terrible for us and those around us. Um, but like, there's a lot of freedom in knowing like, man, I have community here and the things that I'm being tempted with aren't just only me. 
you know, there's there's freedom in there because Satan tries to isolate you and tries to make you feel like you must be the only one who's dealing with this temptation or sin, whatever it is, you know. Um, he, he wants you to feel alone, and the last thing he wants, one of the last things he wants is for you to actually live it out in community and talk about it, pray about it with other people, get strategies from other people who are steps ahead, and especially pray about it to God and ask for his intervention in your life, you know, to give you the strength and will and desire to to not do that sin. Um, one other thought, man, last time we talked, you you mentioned like when you keep a journal and you look back at like the things you were praying about the year before or two years ago, often those aren't even like desires in your life anymore. The things that were sin then or tempting then, um, and the longer you walk in relationship with God, the more that that happens and the more clearly you can see like, man, in high school, there was this set of circumstances that that I was sinful in, you know, and these desires that I had and I was quick to succumb to. But man, three or four years later, those looked way different. And, and fast forward to now, and it's like, man, God, you've done so much in my life. Like, I'm such a different person than when I first was coming to know you and trying to walk in the way that Jesus walked and um, and be, you know, more like him. So anyway, man, that's a long, long rant of a first reaction, but I don't know if it uh, sparked anything in you as I was going. Yeah, I think it's two things. One one is like the, the longer you walk with Jesus in relationship, I don't just mean like be call yourself a Christian or go to church or do these things. Mm-hmm. Like the longer you've actually foster a relationship with God, uh, meaning you're spending time with them on a consistent basis for a significant amount of time. You're choosing trust. You're, you're, you know, giving vulnerability. I mean, you're talking about the hard things. God's doing the molding and the shaping uh, and the changing of your heart. Um, it, it, it doesn't get easier to identify yeah. the lie. The lie just changes. Mm. Um, and looking back, sure, the lies you've conquered and those kinds of things, looking back, you're like, oh, that's silly. Like, I wouldn't believe that. But the lives, they get more complicated. Um, hmm. The enemy is, is much better at at um, how he approaches you with certain things and how much more truth he uses and just gives you a small little piece of of a lie that actually gets you stuck in a place and you can't get out of it. And then you don't know why. And, um, it's the same thing with temptation to sin. Like the things that you're going to deal with as you mature in relationship with Jesus and Jesus changes your hearts and you, you get further along your sanctification process, right? It's going to get harder. Um, it doesn't get easier. Um, those things you've conquered. Yes. They're a lot easier. They don't feel like, but the things that you're now struggling with, like they're, they're just a lot harder to grasp. They're a lot harder to live in. Um, when, you know, early on in my walk with Jesus, trusting God was simple because trusting God didn't really take a lot. Trusting God today is very hard and very complex and a constant battle day in and day out to choose to trust God. Um, because not because he hasn't provided, not because he isn't faithful, but because the stakes are a lot higher now. Um, like we've journeyed down this faith road and we've dreamed bigger and bigger dreams. And now you've gotten to this place where like, yeah, like now, now you're, now you're, uh, you know, the, what's the saying? The, um, um, like you have skin, you have more skin in the game. That's not the saying I was mm-hmm. looking for. It had something to do with the road, but I couldn't, 
I had those two things in my head, and I was like, does the skin go on the road? And I was like, that'd be weird. The road um, rash. You have more yeah, road, road rash now. Yeah. It yeah. feels that way. There's definitely true of that, too. <laughs> um, you carry a lot more uh, baggage and pain. But um, I, I think in the midst of it, it's and, – and I think this is the true, just the journey with, with God. I was just telling a, a group of guys this earlier this week. Like, um, we feel like we want to get to that place where we've arrived, right? Because it's just going to be easier from there. The, the problem with – that mentality or that idea, that lie, um, is as you grow in relationship with Jesus, um, you're going to get to another plateau, right? You're going to climb up the cliff. You're going to get there. You're going to feel relief and you're going to look up and you're going to see like 17 more cliffs. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) like I'm so far. I'm so far from where I need to be, but I am, but you can look back and see the, the hundred cliffs you've already climbed to get to this point. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the point is like the Christian life is, is a journey of growth and it's a growth that God leads and it's a growth that God provides. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're obedient in the midst of that journey. Um, you know, we're active participants in the midst of that journey, but we just don't lead the journey. Um, and as we do that, we were changed from the inside out. We, we love more. We have more peace. We have patience, more kindness, more gentleness, more self-control. Mm-hmm. Those fruits of the spirit. Um, but it doesn't get easier. Um, because the reality is say you have a big dream you feel like God's given you, this isn't really on the temptation route, but same vein. Um, and God fulfills that dream. Okay. Well, what comes next? Bigger dreams, mm-hmm. right? Like <laughs> your faith is strong enough to, to walk mm-hmm. through that journey and get to that place. It's the same thing with the temptation, right? Your faith is strong enough to walk through the temptation, to rely on God, to identify the lie, um, to get out of it, um, and to keep walking with Jesus and not fall into to the, to the temptation to, to walk away or to sin. Um, and then the next temptation is, is going to be harder, right? Like mm-hmm. the enemy's not going to try to tempt you with the same thing he already tempted you. He knows you can conquer it because you just watch God conquer it for you. Um, he's going to give you something bigger. Uh, and that's kind of the this this game that we have played, which ends up happening is we create a deeper dependence on God. Um, that's the only way you survive, right? Um, it's funny, like we talk about faith in God, and I, I've never questioned my faith in the sense of like, where else am I going to go? Like, <laughs> you're the only way, God. Uh, but the reality is like, the deeper I go into this faith journey with Jesus, the harder it is to keep faith. Not faith mm-hmm. for salvation's sake, but faith that he's in the midst of it, faith that he's going to come through, faith that he is guiding, faith that he, he get, did give this dream, or faith that he did uh, give this direction, and, and whatever those things may be. Uh, and it's always different for all of us in, in different seasons of life. You know, there's different things God has us chasing or wanting to work through or deal with or figure out or fight the lie or understand something about his truth better, all these different things that, that we struggle to to push through, like it only gets actually harder. Um, not in, not on the sense of salvation. Like I, I'm not worried about my salvation, um, being up in question, but to keep faith and keep going because the journey that's ahead of you just seems so hard. Uh, and I think this is the piece that Jesus was trying to get at with, with this specific prayer is like, yeah, it's going to get hard. Life mm-hmm. is hard. Not only is life hard, the dreams I'm going to give you, they're going to be hard to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they're going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. The temptations you're facing now are nothing compared to what you're going to face in the future. Yeah. So rely on me. 
right? Lead me not into temptation. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, that's a hard thing of like, God, I don't want to be in control of this. I can't do this without you. Like yep. God, lead my, my footpaths, lead my direction of where I need to go. Lead me in every way possible that you can possibly lead me. Cause you've come to the realization as a follower of Jesus, you cannot do it. Um, and you've, you've gotten to the end of you. And we all have to get to that place. We all have to get to the end of us. Um, there has to be a place where dependence has to be created uh, in our relationship with God or, or what are we trying to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had this conversation in our men's group at some time this, this last week that like, why don't we see people coming to faith more often in our lives around us? And the reality is, is what are you selling them? Yeah. You're selling What's them a the belief system? the product of your life, right? Yeah. yeah, a good idea, uh, but like there's no faith involved. Like why would they want, like it's just you having to limit what you do in life and chase after other things in life. Like uh, they don't want that. Or it's watching your life and seeing how you're able to succeed and, and figure it out rather than what, you know, following God's lead. Like, yeah, your faith is too small. What you're selling is not what they want. Yeah. Um, and it's this desire to, can I dream bigger dreams? Can I rely heavier and deeper on Jesus? Um, so I can watch him do the miraculous and the remarkable. Um, so we can get to the end of our life and say, holy crap, Jesus, I had some dreams in my life, but I never thought this was going to be possible. I never thought you'd move in this way. I never thought you'd have me do these things. I never thought you would have me chasing after these crazy dreams. Um, God, and I really never thought you were going to fulfill them. Um, but here we are. And look at what you've done. And here is a life marked by, by the hand of God, not because of anything we've, we've done, right? Like yeah. we're sinful people and we're selfish regardless of how mature we think we are. Selfishness drives the majority of our decision-making. Um, mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, uh, we chose to follow God from here, from, from time to time in the midst of all this and chase after bigger and bigger things and bigger and bigger dreams. And now we're blown away at what God has done. That's a life. That's worth following. That's a life that people are going to want, but we lost that Mm -hmm. life somewhere along the way in Christianity. We don't live by faith. Um, We we don't live by trust. Um, We dream dreams that were practical and easy to fulfill um, where God doesn't have to flex his muscles. And we want to see bigger things in this life. Hmm. Um, We want to see God accomplish more for his kingdom in this life. Um, But that's going to require us as Christians to live in this, you know, this prayer, you know, lead us not into temptation. God, don't take us to those things that aren't, aren't worth it. And deliver us from these mm-hmm. lies that the enemy is speaking to us so we can rely yeah. on you more deeply. Uh, yeah. I think is, is the big thing. But practically, what does this look like? Andrew, got any thoughts? That's so funny you say that. I mean, I know we always go try to go practical uh, in these conversations. But man, um, I was just thinking, like, for the person sitting there listening or driving or jogging or whatever you're doing, if you're listening to this podcast, um, somebody, like... There, there's people who maybe are stuck in in a pattern of sin in your life right now, and you're feeling like, man, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't believe it yet because I haven't seen it in my life in any way, um, or I'm just so stuck in this pattern of sin and shame that I feel totally like, no, like God doesn't care. If he cared, he would have done something two years ago or five years ago or whatever, Um and I was just thinking about how do you get practical about like praying this prayer, having faith to believe God can do it and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
God, deliver me from the evil one. I'm totally stuck in this pattern, in this rut, in this sin, and it's holding me back from where you want to go or, or where you want to take me and where I want to go. You know, and like, man, the most practical thing, I think, is uh, a couple thoughts. One, if you've never prayed this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, like, it's short, it's sweet, and it's powerful, and it's really worth committing to memory. So maybe uh, write it out a few times. That helps you remember things. And then start praying it. And then start praying variations of it. Uh, that's like that's a good step. Um, another really good step, if you're stuck in that rut of sin and shame and feeling isolated and alone and like God doesn't care about you in it, um, Man, you got to find somebody who loves God and loves you uh, and and confess what's going on and ask for help and prayer in that, you know, like start start with community, um, start with prayer, then start with community and prayer and an actual accountability, you know, find people who want the best for you. And by that, I mean, they want to see you living in God's will in your life and and confess and ask for their help and guidance and support and prayer. And don't let the shame of, of something going on in your life stay quiet. Don't let it be uh, just you and God who know about it. Um, man, because that's that's a recipe to stay there. As, as hard as it is to confess things that are sin, um, staying alone in it is, is the wrong call, always. Um, yeah, man. So, I don't know if that's that's helpful or what you'd have to say about like other super practical steps of somebody listening who just feels beat down by whatever sin is happening in their lives or whatever sin they're they're doing. But um, yeah, yeah, man. Like I feel like it's worth trying to get really practical there because because uh, when you're in these these cycles or trials, um, it is it's easy to stay there and to stay quiet, and ultimately it leads to like burnout and like, I guess that didn't work. I'm going to figure it out myself. You know, like I don't really need that God or I don't really need that relationship. I'm just going to kind of go my own way. And that's where Satan wants mm-hmm. us to go. So yeah, that's man. Good. Yeah. I think, I think I would start, I don't know. I, I think I'd start before it all. Like it always comes back to how well do you foster relationship with Jesus? Um, and are you fostering a relationship with them? And maybe you're sitting there like, uh, you know, you're like, Josh, I don't, I don't want to foster a relationship with them. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. I've had, you know, too often I've hoped and it didn't play out or however, whatever the, the harm is in the midst of it. Um, God can take it, right? God can take your anger. God can take your frustration. God can yeah. take your hurt. Um, but the reality is your faith can't. Um, mm. it, it's going to take a True. blow if you don't deal with it. Um, so it's totally. doing what Andrew said, talking to a friend that loves Jesus and loves you. Um, but it's also talking with God about these things. And it's also letting some things die. Um, oftentimes when we have hurt in our life, we want to know why did it happen? Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes the simplest answer is the correct answer, but it's hard for us to, to accept um, is that there's evil in this world and hard things happen because there's still evil in this world. Um, that sin still rules the day until Jesus returns um, and sin gets on you uh, and sin is hard to, um, to accept, uh, especially when it's, you had nothing to do with it. Um, you're just the byproduct, you know, you're the byproduct or the victim of it. Um, 
but even in the midst of those sinful things and those hard things that God, that, that, that have been done to you, God is, God sees you. God is still there yeah. with you. Um, God might not give you all the answers that you want. That's, that's important. And that's on purpose, right? Like you're not in control. And the less that you try to control this life, the easier this life of walking with Jesus becomes um, because it's not you living. It's Christ living in you. Right. And Paul tells us that. Uh, and that's a hard, that's a hard grieving death um, to mm-hmm. die to self. Um, but it's a, it's an important piece uh, in this journey. Uh, so maybe you don't get all the answers and that's okay. But know this, God sees you. God loves you. God cares for you. God has compassion on you. And not only in the midst of all of that, he can take it. Yell at him. Yell at mm-hmm. him. Curse at him. Do what you need to do. Don't curse him. Curse at him. Those are two different, fairly different things. Um, Just be honest. He can take it. Right? That's what Just you're saying. Honest. Like, you, you don't have to hold it back. Whatever it is, like, be be honest. Speak. Pray more directly than you talk to anybody in your life. You know, start there. Be like, here's the things I'm thinking and feeling that I should say. Don't hold that stuff back from God. Be like the most direct in your conversations with God. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not that direct with people in your life, like, or if you're indirect or you shy away from conflict, like, throw mm-hmm. it all out there. God can take it. If he can't take it, he's not God, you know, or the version of God you're well, praying to like, isn't, isn't right. Like, yeah. yeah. Think think of a good father, because here's the lie. The lie is, don't talk to God like that. God is holier mm-hmm. and better mm-hmm. than that. You don't, you don't speak to him that way. Yeah. Um, or you better be is, perfect when you show up to talk. You better already have it figured out. Like, yeah. well, and it yeah. has, and it has some truth to it. God is holy. God deserves yeah. respect. True. Um, but you have to remember God is a loving father. And if you're a, a adolescent teenager, angry at the world and angry at your dad, you're going to let your dad have it. And you know yeah. what a good father is going to do? He's going to take it um, because he mm-hmm. knows what's best for you. And that's mm-hmm. the trust piece of walking in relationship with Jesus is you, you've got, you've got to fight through those lies, give it to God. Um, God probably doesn't deserve it, but that's okay. Get it out. Um, yep. Talk, talk with God through it because your faith won't be able to handle it. It will implode on itself. Um, it will eventually fail you um, because you're trying to create faith on your own. You're trying to create something out of nothing. And that's not what Jesus asked us to do. Our faith comes in Christ and in Christ alone. So walk with him in the midst of those things. Talk about those hard things. Um, you know, when you're like, what about this God? What about that God? And you might not get any answers to those things. And it's going to be okay. God's got you. God sees you. God loves you. But keep fostering that relationship with God. And it's got to start somewhere. Uh, but you're eventually going to get to this place where you do have a relationship with God and things are going to get harder and you have a place to go right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be your source of everything, right? Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the voice of God or for the mouth of God, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the place that you get to sit. That's where you get to find peace, regardless of how chaotic life is getting around you, regardless of how, how much anxiety you're trying to fight off. Like you can find peace in the midst of it. If we just walk with Jesus through it, um, it's going back to, I think we quoted this a few weeks ago, Psalm 20, 23. I don't have it in front of me, but you know, through the valley of the shadow, I death, I fear no evil verse. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and, and take a read through that. But that's, that's the life, right? That's what, that's what he's trying to get us back to is, Hey, focus in on me. Yep. Let me be your yep. everything. Let me be, mm-hmm. you know, the worst advice I ever got from a pastor was, Hey, God gave you a brain for a reason. You should use it. No, like, are you kidding me? You're an idiot. That's the reality of life. 
majority of the time we get it wrong. Uh, we need you right. to direct our ways. We need right. wisdom from the spirit. We need direction from the spirit. Like we need these things from God. We cannot do them on our own. And that's the realization of the human life. And you want to get to the end of life and say, man, Jesus, what a ride. You know, you want that full life that Jesus promises in John 10, 10 is where we find it. Um, it's greater faith in who God is, greater trust that you fall him into the crazy, the crazy dreams and plans. Um, and it only gets harder as you go along. So figure out the little things now and they're going to feel little later on. They, I know they feel huge right now. Um, but if you're in the midst of struggle with God, have it out with him. Uh, it needs mm-hmm. to be had. Your faith will not last much longer. If you don't have it out with him, um, you know, dig into those hard conversations. And I, 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 without a doubt in my mind, he's going to meet you where you're at. Um, Cause that's who he is. He's full of love and full of compassion. Like the father in the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. But Andrew, let me yeah, read man. this one last time. Sweet. Uh, then Jesus said this, this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.